of the preseason is in the books with another Panthers loss. It's only fitting that we start today's episode with one giant overreaction and one giant underreaction. What is my overreaction? Well, defense. There's been a lot of talk about the offense But if you looked at how our first team defense performed, yes, I know we did not have everyone out there. But the way the New York Giants were able to move the ball methodically down the field and score with ease, the way they dumped the ball off to Darren Waller like it was nothing, that's my overreaction. I know the defense is going to be fine, but I have to give you one overreaction. What about an underreaction? An underreaction for this week's episode is, hmm, the offensive line. The offensive line is going to be okay. I saw enough out of Chandler Zavala. We also heard from Chandler Zavala this today, Sunday, as I record this, as well as from Icky. And it sounds like a lot of the issues that we are seeing have to do with communication and miscommunication, terminology. Again, guys, brand new staff and playbook. Players are adjusting and learning, trying to adapt to the calls that are being made or going to be made and adjustments. We learned through uh, the presser today that the sack that Icky gave up was due to miscommunication. Now, he didn't chalk that up and and write it off saying like, yeah, it was completely based off of that. He took the blame and said, you know, I should have made the play. That's what I'm here for. But I think these things are going to get adjusted. I know they will get adjusted. But here we are. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about week two of the preseason. The Panthers did not win. Another loss, another preseason loss. And here's the thing. There's a lot of different views as a Panthers fan base. A lot of ways you can look at things. There's the overly optimistic view, which is, hey, we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. I'm definitely not on that spectrum. That's not to say that I don't want us to win every single game, but that's not where I am. I try to be very realistic. There's the pessimist view, which is like, man, this team's garbage. We're terrible. We're always going to be bad. I try to sit in the middle, you know, leaning a little more towards the optimistic side, but at the same time, I want to be realistic. I am not going to be, yes, I'm a homer. I made a podcast for the Panthers to talk about the Panthers because that's my favorite NFL team and who I'll follow and watch. But at the same time, I'm also going to be realistic with you. I'm not going to, you know, blow smoke and have you sitting here telling your friends and family that the Panthers are making it to the Super Bowl this year, whatever it is. I say all that. So if you have not had a chance, I did put together a preview of the Giants-Panthers game. Like I said, trying to get into a rhythm, trying to decide if, This is a good flow for me. 
So, you know, at the end of this, you know, end of the episode, I predicted the parent, the parents, the Panthers were going to lose 20 to nine. And right before I said it, I said, you know what? I want to pick them to win, but it feels like that Seinfeld episode where you got to go, you know, the opposite of what you think. So I picked them to lose. Well, then on Twitter, I posted it. And luckily, my my Twitter feed is contained to Panthers fans. So I'm not dumb enough to go out here and follow other fan bases. I say dumb enough. That's my personal decision. I am not getting involved in Twitter wars with Saints, Bucks, Falcons, or any other NFL team. That's not why I'm here. I'm here for Panthers fans. If Panthers fans want to hear me and listen to me and follow me, that's cool. But I'm not going to be out here having Twitter wars with comments on other teams. Like, y'all, do your own thing. I don't care. Anyways, I had a Panthers fan tweet me and said, oh my gosh, I can't believe you I don't even remember how it was phrased, but basically down on me for saying that the Panthers were going to lose. And I'm like, dude, you do realize the Panthers are not going to win every game this year. We are not going undefeated and we're not winning the Super Bowl. And I was like, at some point, I'm going to have to come on here and tell you the Panthers are going to lose. I'm not going to come on here every episode as much as I would love to come on every episode and tell you the Panthers are going to win. I'm not going to do that. I told you I'm going to be realistic there's a lot of optimism. That's not saying I'm not pulling for them to win every game. I'm just telling you, hey, yeah, I think the Panthers are going to lose. And then when I said that, he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it made a, made a little more sense for him. Like, it's only been one undefeated team in history. Patriots fell just short of being the second team. So it's okay. It's going to be okay. Now, as we talk about the game, let me just give you my breakdown from, from where I sit. So, as, as you may know, or maybe you don't know if you're just tuning in, I missed the game live. So me and my wife went on our first date since having Pearson. Got to see Tyler Childers here in Wilmington. One freaking heck of a show. SG Goodman, one of the openers, and Abby Hamilton. I want to make sure I call them out because like to like to do that for the music folks. But it was an amazing show. Like We had a great time. Would 10 out of 10 recommend that you go see him if he's ever in town? Put on just a heck of a show, not a, you know, flashy, uh, poppy thing. Like just get up there, play the guitar with his band and sing. And that's, that's the concert. It was great. All that said, number one, we did not, I did not have a good cell phone signal. So I got small updates as, as we're watching there, like, you know, as intermissions happening between sets, because the game had started at seven and I don't think he went on to like eight thirty, eight forty five. But I'm following along and kind of checking it, and I see the score, and then I see the score again, and the score again, and I'm like, oh my gosh. I think the last score update I got is when it was like 21 to 3. I think that was where it was. And I was in here like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go home tonight, I guess tomorrow, watch this game again, and just know that we look terrible. And that was my That was my fear. I was like, here we go. Yeah, it's a preseason, but come on, like, please say y'all put up a good fight. So rest assured, get home, watch the game, then watch a few of the highlights as well again. And I was pleased. I was pleased with the team. There are, like I said, things that will need to be addressed. But overall, in the grand scheme of things, this week was so much better than last week. Yes, we lost. But there were good things that happened throughout it that I think the team will carry on. 
And I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself talking about our final preseason game. But we have the Detroit Lions coming up. I'm going to do a little bit of, you know, a preview for that. Again, just trying to decide the best way to do that. And I don't know what day I'm going to drop it, but I'll do my Lions-Panthers preview. That's the final game of the preseason schedule for the Panthers, closing it out before we have a week off and then move into game week against the Atlanta Falcons. Today we heard that we are going to see the starters again in week three. Pretty similar playing time to what we've seen these past few few games. So probably two to three series. You say two to three series though, but in reality, yes, it was two to three series for Bryce Young this past weekend, the starters. But that two to three series, that second series, it's like a 10 minute drive. You only come away with three points. That's a little disappointing, but at least we did get points on the board with Bryce Young leading the charge. Got to go through some adverse moments, you know, penalties that happen. You never want penalties, but just putting him in those situations like, yeah, let's let's keep those keep that rolling. The other thing that that I noticed was when I was scrolling through, I did get an update when I was looking at GameCast and it was like roughing the passer on Bryce Young. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, did they take our dude to the ground? And I go back and watch the film and they had smacked him in the helmet. I was like, okay, that's a conversation for, an, for another day. But the NFL rules around roughing the passer, just how they progress. Like, I am thankful that we have these in here now with Bryce Young as our quarterback. Like, all for that. But I say that, so we're going to head into the third preseason game. And yes, I'm going to talk about the second preseason game here in you know, a little more detail in just a second. But it makes you wonder. What is the purpose of the preseason? You have some teams that say, you know, it is important to win, giving, you know, coaches opportunities to coach, you know, coaches that are not head coaches. So your coordinators, players, the the ability to, you know, step up. But then every team does it a little bit differently. Every coach has their own philosophy, the way that they like to approach this. And I don't know that there's a right philosophy, but it feels like the NFL it's not it's not a terrible spot to be in, but it's like if this is really what the preseason is going to be, shorten it, just make it two games. If that, make it two games and make it that it's all of your I'm I was about to call them underclassmen, but your guys competing for roster spots. I mean, the way we see a lot of these people set out, it's nowhere near like the NBA where you have guys sitting out all the time. And yeah, I know it's non-important games, but it's like, what are we doing? Like, what are, what are we really getting out of this? Yes, player evaluation to a certain extent in real game situations. I don't know. I don't have the answer to it. I don't know what the answer is to fix the preseason there's always going to be continued conversations about expanding the regular season to 18 games. And then you potentially remove a preseason game makes sense to do that. But anyways, uh, let's talk Panthers football and I'm going to do a little bit differently. I'm going to kind of go through the game, at least the, the key key pieces to the game from my view. I'll also then dive in and let's talk about the inactives I jotted down my Twitter thoughts because that's what I've, I've I've done. I need to get smarter and actually save these into a folder that I can easily access to to pull this up. But let's get started. So when I when I kicked off this episode, I said my giant overreaction was the first team defense. Yes, 
it was missing quite a few players. And you know what? While I'm here, let's go ahead and read out the list of inactive players. Makes sense to go ahead and start. So the list of inactives, now various regions. So some of these are healthy guys. Some of these guys are not healthy. So defensive end, Henry Anderson was out. We know Derek Brown was out. Austin Corbett, he's out. Been out for a while. Brian Burns, Andy Dalton, Cameron Irving, Marquise Haynes Sr., Justin Houston, Antoine Jackson, Greg Maben, Terrace Marshall, Mac McCain, or McCain, Cade Mays, Eddie Pinheiro, Miles Sanders, Stephen Sullivan, Jordan Thomas, Stanley Thomas Oliver, and Derek Wright. So almost 19. I believe that is 19. So out of that list, Derek Brown, Brian Burns, and Justin Houston are key pieces on our front. I know that. I'm not, I'm not oblivious. I know that they are going to be big pieces to the front and the foundation that we build in this defense. And so there were talks like, I saw people when I was going back and just checking on this that are like, well, if we had those three guys or, or you need to put an asterisk, you know, when the Giants scored that we would have been able to get to Daniel Jones. Uh, I don't know about that. You go back and watch the film not even the film, you watch the game, you can see Daniel Jones is getting that ball out fast. We were nowhere near the quarterback. And yeah, you can say if we had these other guys in there, we may have gotten a little bit of pressure on him. But Daniel Jones is looking like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady back there slinging the ball, the $40 million man. You know, my my neighbor's a, from New York and he's a Giants fan. So of course he gave me a hard time. And he was joking though. He's like, yeah, what'd you, what'd you think about the opening drive? I was like, y'all are picking us apart. So, you know, recapping that drive, Giants start at 25 yard line. Got a pass out to Darren Waller for six yards. Turn around, pass to Darren Waller, 12 yards. We had a really nice breakup by Von Bell. If you saw that hit, that was, that was, that was going to be another First down, but it was broken up. But an attempt to Darren Waller. They come out to throw, throw to Darren Waller three times in a row. And he looks very impressive. I think if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a big asset. And the Giants are going to look really good with him out there. Next play, though, completion to Campbell for for 13 yards. Another two Hyatts, but then there was a penalty. Daniel Jones scrambles for six yards. Another pass to Darren Waller for 12 yards. They target him four times on this drive. That that put them on the 29-yard line. Then another pass from Daniel Jones to Hodgins for 20 yards. Big pickup there. Another pass to Campbell for five yards. And then a final, the touchdown pass, um, from excuse me, from Daniel Jones to Daniel Bellinger. And that was your drive. And then our good old boy Graham Gano on the extra point. It took five minutes, really took less than five minutes, four minutes, fifty-five seconds. Move the ball with ease. Yeah, people are gonna say, well, they the guys weren't out there. It is, you know, I'm not gonna keep overreacting beyond what I have. And I'm if I'm being honest, I'm really not that concerned. But anyways, we get the ball back. Bryce Young's first drive, we go three and out. You never want to go three and out. Three and out is not the way to go. 
I mean, we saw some nice things. Like you, you start off the drive with a neutral zone infraction and the Giants kept doing that all night. I don't know what was going on. A lot of them with just their alignment lining up incorrectly. So I know they're the coaching staff, the D-line coach coordinators are going to be ticked off about that. They had quite a few of those. But you start the ball first and five and you cannot get five yards? Are you kidding me? I mean, how? How do you not at least pick up five yards? So Bryce Young starts out, ends up having to, you know, scramble, gets a yard. Chuba Hubbard, who did not have a great game, gets a yard. And then there was the incompletion to Mingo. It was just a, a miss. And if I were to title this episode, I don't know what I mean title it as I record. I always title them after, but misconnection. It's a misconnection quite a few times between Bryce Young and some of the receivers, primarily Mingo. But what you hear from some of the the people breaking this down is a lot of this has to do, and you know, heard this from Bryce Young when he was talking about it. You know, putting the onus on him that as a receiver, you anticipate, you know, as you're getting ready to make your cut or break, the the quarterback being in the pocket or at least relatively close there. And when the quarterback's not in the pocket and you're making that break, that changes what you know, the alignment and how you see things as the ball's coming out. So there there are things that the team is going to figure out as they gel together. Mingo didn't really see him until, you know, the second drive. He was a big, number one, big dude. (laughs) Talk about giants. Man, he looked great breaking off of tackles. You know, little guys trying to wrap him up. Couldn't do a thing. So we have a three and out. Yeah. I mean, you can't start, and I know I'm not going to harp on this. This was our first team offense, minus Miles Sanders and a few other guys. I get it. But first and five, and you don't get a first down, you can't do that. You can't do that with anyone. You can't do that in Pop Warner. You can't do that in high school. You can't do that in middle school. Defense did step up next next time around, put up a three and out. Then we have the 15-play, 62-yard drive led by Bryce Young, took 10 minutes off the clock. And this is one of the, this was the best drive he's had. And so you you compare this with what Reich said he wants to see coming up this week. And you're like, well, he, two to three series. I mean, he practically played a whole quarter on this one drive, 10 minutes off the clock, carried over into the second quarter. The drive was successful, though. There were good runs, Shuba Hubbard, six yards, seven yards, few incompletions, just some misses. And man, there was one play where Bryce is almost sacked. He like trips, comes back up, rolls out, and just, I believe it's, I believe it was Chark or Thielen. Please forgive me for, you know, I don't remember right offhand. I don't have my notes in front of me. Coming up the sideline, he just misses. But man, it looked like a play. And the thing that I, you know, as we talk about this and we talk about the other rookie quarterbacks, I think Sometimes it's the things that are not being talked about with this team or specifically Bryce Young. When you look around the league, there's a lot of concerns about interceptions. Can they, you know, take over the offense? We're not having those same conversations about Bryce Young leading this team. It's a it's a different it's like he's on a different level from these other quarterbacks. And you just have to keep remembering that like he's two or three steps above these other rookies playing much faster, 
at a higher level and just his understanding of the game. So on this drive, the you know going back to the the long drive, he had a really nice play. Like I said, Domingo, that was for 15 yards. Domingo bounced off of guys, strung together a few other nice plays with Chuba Hubbard picking up some yardage. Brown got in the game, didn't really produce a lot. Another false start by Hayden Hurst. This has happened a few times. Hayden Hurst, we've seen false starts. In camp, when I was there at training camp, it happened a few times. We've seen it in the game now. Hoping he gets that corrected. Because you never, false starts, like, as the offense, you never want that to be the thing. Or, or you know, to keep recurring. Then we had uh, from Bryce Young to Adam Thielen. Gain of seven. Incomplete pass. Then we gain a little bit of momentum. So, again, ch- small plays. Then you have the roughing the passer penalty that saved us on the third and nine. So then we have first and 10, the Giants 26. We have a three-yard rush by Chuba Hubbard. Rush for two yards, second and seven. Then there was a penalty, again, offsides on the defense. So now we have second and two at the Giants 18. Hubbard goes up, rushes for seven yards, First and, and this is the end of the quarter. First and 10 at the New York Giants 11. It feels like, yes, we're going to get our momentum. We're going to score a touchdown. Chuba Hubbard goes up the middle for a gain of one. Very next play, Bryce Young gets sacked. This is the one with Thibodeau. Aki missed. So we go second and, oh, that was on second and nine. So that drops us the third and 16 at the Giants 17. So it kind of puts you in a, a weird spot. Like there's not a lot of plays you can call inside the red zone for third and 16. Then, what do you know? We have a delay of game coming out of that. So it's now third and 21 at the New York Giants 22. Then we get a holding call by Chandler Zavala. Back us up again. So then the penalties just piled up here. And the mistakes, mistakes that can't happen. You have a sack, delay a game, and then a a holding call. Puts you at third and 31 at the New York Giants 32-yard line. From this point, you know, it's it's really a dump play to, to gain a little bit of yardage back. So we got one to Chark. Really, that's just getting you in better field goal range. So we had fourth and 18 at that point, and we settled for a field goal. And Wright was – Wright looked good. He's not, you know, just for your info, there's not a kinky competition here in the Carolinas. That has been confirmed. So you have this long, long drive. Then turn around. Giants get the ball. Nine plays, 60 yards, three minutes, 45 seconds off the clock, and it is 14 to 3. This was with Tyrod Taylor, so Daniel Jones out. Tyrod Taylor in. That's deflating. It's deflating preseason or not, like I said. I mean, the defense, especially when your offense has been out there for 10 minutes, like you're you're well rested. Like, yeah, I know we're talking second, third stringers at this point, but come on, man. (laughs) Gotta have a little bit of pride. So then what do we do again? At this point, Matt Corral get, gets into the game. And I, as we talk about Matt Corral, and I don't know if he has a spot. I don't know if he has a spot on this team. I had very high praise for him coming in. He's carried himself well, spoke well about wanting to be here. His audition is live. I don't know that it makes sense for the Panthers to carry him. I don't. I don't know when you start looking at the other positions that we have and possibly carrying one of them. And then, hey, man, Luton, Jake Luton, 
So I was calling him Lutton, Southern Southern in me. Uh, he performed well enough, and he will likely be your practice squad quarterback. So anyways, I will say, again, actually, as we talk about the Giants scoring drive there, the touchdown. So it was second and 10, the Carolina 33. Tyrod Taylor scores a 33-yard touchdown to Hyatt. And Hyatt burned Eric Rowe, our safety. It was a post-corner route. He got over the top. Eric Rowe's name has not come up a lot, but he did not look good. Like, he got lost. And you can't get lost. Jalen Hyatt's good. You know, going to be a very good receiver in the NFL. But rookie, getting over top of you like that, not, not an ideal situation. So again, yeah, at that point, it's 14 to three. Very nice drive. Like I said, we go three and out. Then we force a three and out for the Giants. Get the ball back. We go four plays for nine yards. One of the things that happened, and the reason I'm not as concerned, is there's a few situations during during this game where both coaches went forward on fourth down in, in short yarded situations. And there's situations where in the game we're likely going to be punting or they're going to punt. And so we we lost some points off of that. I mean, if you look at the field position, so when we got the ball back, it's 14 to three. Second quarter, what was it, about four, yeah, four minutes left. And it's fourth and one at our own 48-yard line, and we try to go for it. Don't get it. Get stuffed. So we turn the ball over, basically inside, you know, at midfield. 48-yard line, and the Giants didn't waste any time. So they took the ball. Tyrod Taylor had a pass or incomplete pass to start it. Two-minute warning. Tyrod Taylor passed short to Hodgins, picked up 25 yards. Then there was a scramble for four yards and a penalty on Leota, which ended up in unnecessary roughness. So you get attacked that on. And then you have first and goal with the Carolina nine and Eric Gray with a nine yard run. Not, not ideal, but if you, if you look at it with the way that it is, you're like, okay, in a real game, we're punting that our defense is out there. We're not giving up those points. So it's like, okay, there's a little bit of balance there. So we get the ball, you know, chance to go, you know, run a two minute offense with Matt Corral. That doesn't work. Does not work at all. We have, you know, Michael Jordan with a false start, who had then at, at this point is in the game at, at right guard. You know, Zavala got the nod as the starter, and like I said, it looked good. It it just didn't pan out. So that turns into us punting the ball away. We only took 24 seconds off the clock. You can't do that in two-minute offense either. Luckily, we give the ball back to the Giants, and they just can't. They can't do anything with it. So it's 21 to three at halftime. We come out of the half and put together a decent drive. So 12 plays for 40 yards coming away with a field goal. So right connected again. This was a 53 yard field goal. So good for him. It's 21 to six at that point. In, in, in this situation or, or by this time in the game, I think the defense finally decided to play ball because we shut them out in the second half completely shut them out and the offense offense came alive a little bit albeit some of it you know going against some of the backups but it's like backups against back against backups so we come down then <clears throat> it is 
21 to 12 at this point. We score heading into the fourth quarter. So Blackshear got our first rushing touchdown or his first rushing touchdown of the preseason. We go for the two-point conversion to make it a one-score game, at least a touchdown, and doesn't work. Heading into, well, I guess we're still in the fourth quarter there, so it's 21-12. to 12. Giants go on a seven-play, 26-yard drive. We get the ball back. We score six plays, 51 yards. That was Luton to Jennings for a 20-yard. That was a good ball. That ball, it's like a fade route to the back corner where only Jennings could catch it, and that's what you preach about. But that's a long fade, a 20-yard fade route. It looked good. I mean, really, you think that's like 25 yards because or 28, 29 yards because it's back in the, the back corner there. So we score, go for the extra point. You know, there's four roughly, actually, sorry, six minutes left in the game. So you're like, huh, we can come out here, play defense. That's what we do. So Giants, nine plays, 30 yards, take four minutes off the clock. But we get the ball back, and with what two oh three to go, and the drive just never never takes off. So Lutton, you know, trying to to piece things together, made a few pass attempts to Saunders, incomplete to to Van, incomplete to Jennings, incomplete, and then back to Van. I mean, we were back inside our twenty yard line. Thankfully, at this point, you know, Giants get the ball, and the game's over. So. That's your hey. If you didn't watch it, I just gave you the the quick the quick lowdown on the entire game. That was fun actually to go through that. So going back, let's look at the the box score, and I'll talk about a few other things as we close this out. So Matt Corral was the leading passer for the Panthers, nine of 13, 71 yards, one sack. Jake Luton, Luton, two for seven, two for seven, forty one yards, got the one lone touchdown. Only quarterback for the Panthers to throw a touchdown this preseason. Bryce Young was three of six, 35 yards, and one sack. Got sacked once, did not throw a touchdown. Leading rusher for us, Raheem Blackshear, eight carries, 31 yards, one touchdown. And I do think he is competing for the number two back. But when you when you when you look at the health of the as we talk about this, you look at the health of the running back position with Miles Sanders out. Still battling injury. At what point did Fitterer not sit there and think it would be a good decision to at least talk about Dalvin Cook or look at Kareem Hunt, Zeke? I mean, I always think of it think of it like this. Like, yeah, you know, if 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 I work for a company, well, maybe you work for a company, you work somewhere, and maybe you're one of the, the best, or maybe the company goes out and hires one of the best in the market to perform whatever the function is. They hire one of the best in the market. And I think that's what we did with Miles Sanders, one of the best in the market. Well, rumor has it there's someone else out there that may be a little bit better, maybe close to that same level, but you decide, you know what, we really like the one guy we have and he's above that or he's an excellent performer. And then we've got, you know, we've got maybe like one or two guys under him that are average Instead of getting two excellent performers, we're okay with one excellent performer and a few average people. So it, do, it doesn't make sense. And the thing you have to remember, Frank Wright, he's locked in. 
He's not going anywhere. Scott Fitterer is very much, could very much be up in the air. Some of the decisions that have been made with these draft picks, DJ Johnson, I keep saying it because you just got to. You look at what the Pittsburgh Steelers drafted in place of Johnson in the production that they got. The Nick Herbig guy out of Wisconsin that I had on my draft board, he was an outside edge, is doing numbers for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Getting to the quarterback, getting sacks, getting pressures, tackle for loss. He, You throw that in there with Watt, Alex Highsmith, and you're like, okay, what? how did we miss? How did we miss this? And it's not to say that we've completely missed it, but it. I say this, like, dude, we got to make make some moves. Like, yeah, I know there's allegiance to the, the, the players are here, but Tepper's shown that he wants to spend the money. So spend the money, bring in the talent that's out there. If you truly want to be one of the best teams and not a laughingstock, the Carolina Panthers, I'm going on a rant, have not made the playoffs in five years. If we miss the playoffs this year, it'll be the longest drought in franchise history. Yes, where it's a, it's a young franchise, but that would be six years without missing the playoffs. A franchise that, albeit young, has had pretty good success, especially if you think about the Jacksonville Jaguars that were the same expansion, you know, at the same time as us, albeit, you know, Jacksonville as well is getting ready to go on a, a bit of a run, I think, even with Trevor Lawrence, you know, leading them. So he's actually looking pretty good now. Anyways, I'll get back to business. All that to say, we're going to have a lot of questions to come at the running back position, especially coming out of this. We heard that Chuba Hubbard's hurt. Dante Jackson suffered an injury, which the Panthers, as I record this, had just signed a cornerback. I'll talk about in a second. But rushing production, it's not a lot there. And out of our, you know, Spencer Brown didn't look great. He had the most carries, but not a lot of production. And then... Matt and Bryce had some. A name that didn't I didn't mention as we were going through this, but Shy Smith, he's a lock. He's a lock with everything that's happening with TMJ, with Bird out, his production stepping up. So he had four. He was our leading receiver in receptions and yards. Four receptions for fifty nine yards. Then a lot of guys with one reception. Van Jennings, Mingo, Shark. Wims was the only receiver with more than one reception besides Smith. He had two for eight. So not a lot of production. One one other name that's kind of like, you know, I had high hopes for, for this guy as well, LaVisca Chenault. He's not a true, you know, guy that's going to line up as, as a solid route runner. So when we talk about this whole vanilla playbook, I hope for goodness sakes that we see something in 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 the regular season that has not been unveiled. Some holy grail that's just going to change the world and change the game of football. That's all I can hope. That is all I can hope. On the defensive side of the ball, CJ Henderson led the way with four tackles. Keith Taylor had had four, excuse me, a name a guy that performed well, Raquan Williams, four total tackles. He had a sack, a tackle for loss, and two quarterback hits. I'm saying he's my defensive MVP. I guess I should give you an offensive MVP. I'm going to go with our boy, Jake Lutton. No, I'm not. He, stats weren't good enough. Two for seven, 41 yards and a touchdown. I can't do that. 
De- uh, excuse me, offensive MVP I'm giving to Shai Smith. Four receptions, 59 yards, especially when there's been a lot of, you know, up, up and down around him, who he is and what he's going to be. What you haven't really heard, which, you know, is the production from the tight end position. Tommy Trimble was targeted twice, no receptions. Ian Thomas, two receptions for negative three yards. He was targeted on a tight end screen that did not go anywhere. Deion Jones saw him a little bit, three tackles. Brandon Smith, four. Hikuliotto, three. Or Herb Miller, three. Jamie Robinson, a little bit of a bounce back, three. Shaq, two. And I'm going to stop reading because it just goes on and on. Talked about our kicking. Matt, Matt Wright, two for two. 53 was as long and then one extra point. And good old Johnny Hecker, three punts for 135 yards. 45 average and 62 was as long as punt. Maybe you do or do not care about the opponent's box score. I'll just do the, the high level. Tyrod Taylor, 9 of 13, 90 yards, one touchdown. He was also the leading rusher in yardage, 3 for 21. Eric Gray had 5 for 16. Isaiah Hodgins had two catches for 45 yards. Jalen Hyatt, rookie receiver, Four for 35 and one touchdown. Darren Waller, you heard him in the opening drive. Three catches for 30 yards. Paris Campbell had three catches, 23 yards. Bobby Okereke, who looked like a monster out there, and he was a guy that, again, when we were going into free agency, I talked a little bit about. You know, it's fun to do these things full circle now is – you went through the draft, you went through free agency, you know, running this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember talking about him or looking him up. And here you go. Everything comes full circle. Anyways, that was I'm not going to go through all their stuff because I don't think we really care that much, at least maybe in the regular season when there's a few people we actually know on this list. So let's start to close this out I don't know that there's really, I guess, actually, you know, there was one more thing and sorry, I skipped. I was going to give you just the the stat line for the teams. And while I try to get that to load, I can go ahead and tell you Troy Hill. So the Panthers signed cornerback Troy Hill. This is on Sunday night. There has not been a corresponding transaction. So he is a veteran cornerback that's had experience with Ajero Ivero. He played for the Rams from 2015 uh, to 2020 and then last season. So 31 years old. When we talk about Jackson, you know, the injury there, as well as just the instability of the, the cornerback room and what we have available, we know that there's a few of the undrafted free agent guys that we brought in as well that have just been banged up. So we will see, I don't know who's going to get cut in his place. So I I feel like that has to be one of the hardest times as a player. When you see an acquisition happen in the middle, you know, late at night and you're sitting there like like one of the guys that, you know, you're really, really on the bubble. And I go, Oh man, now I got to sit here and wait and find out if I'm going to be cut tomorrow or not. So I'm trying to get this to to actually pull up y'all. Sorry. So as I try to get this pulled up, I kind of gave you bits and pieces through 
through my updates, but today we did have, again, this is Sunday, I'm recording this, we did have an updated press conference from Reich, heard from Chandler Zavala, and then, like I said, Icky. After the game, we got to hear from Reich and Bryce Young. Bryce Young, the, the leadership, I can't say enough about it, but just taking ownership of everything that's there. When he talks about, you know, the plan moving forward, just putting faith in the, in the coaching staff and what they have planned. So, all right, let's see if I can actually get this to work. And then we'll look at the snap count. And I think that may be most of uh, the, the Giants recap. So first downs, Giants had 17. We had 15. Third down efficiency, we were both 5 for 12. They were 1 for 3 on fourth down. We were 0 for 2. We ran 56 plays. They ran 60. They outgained us by 65 yards. It was 290 to 235. Outpassed us 230 to 134. We actually had a better rushing attack, 101 yards to their 60. I do think a lot of our offense this season is going to be geared around the run. One of the questions that was brought up in one of the press conferences previously in the last, I guess, few days is asking if we're going to be pass heavy with Bryce Young, and that may not be the case. Penalties, both teams are terrible. Eight for 64 for us, 10 for 82 on their side of the ball. We were one for two in the red zone. They were two for two. And possession, we led possession 31 minutes to their 28. And maybe good or bad for both sides, but no turnovers. So that was your breakdown there. Looking at our snap count, Michael Jordan actually led the way for the for the Panthers running a backup right guard. So he had 42 uh, total. Ricky Lee right behind him with 42. Javon Wims, 32. J.D. DiRenzo, 32. Matt Corral, 32. Shai Smith, 25. Blackshear led the running backs with 23. Nash Jensen, another guy in, you know, in the running here, 22. Justin McCray, 22. LaVisca Chenault, 21. And yeah, a lot of the start, pretty much the, the starting offense had about 21, 22 total plays. So um, with a few, a little less than that. And I'm not going to keep reading reading through the list there. Defensive side of the ball, Mark Milton led the way with 45. Barno, 36. Kobe Jones, 34. Sam Franklin, 32. Eric Rowe, 31 snaps. Keith Taylor, 31. Raekwon Williams, like I said, 31. LeBron Ray, 30. He also, I think, had a few plays as I was uh, going through there. All right. Let me make sure I didn't miss anything. Thing else. So yeah, as we come out of this, we go into the final week. We did hear from Reich when we talk about the players and who we're going to carry that we're likely going to carry 90 players up until, you know, final cuts. That just gives you extra bodies. Everybody needs extra bodies at this point. So, you know, starting to, to think about who is going to make this one running back we've not seen in the preseason is Cameron Peoples. We know he was a little bit injured in camp. There is potential, you know, that we are going to see him this Friday against the Lions. I don't know that he's going to make the roster, but we'll get to see him. So when you think about our running back room, I still believe it's uh, Saunders, Raheem, and Chuba is your three. 
Shy Smith trending up. I don't think there's any more questions if you know he'll make it. Javon Wims, who is a little bit up, maybe a little bit down now. I think a lot of these things are going to hinge on the uh, when Terrace Marshall is going to be back, when he's going to be available. I said that Raquan Williams, you know, he was solid performer. That dude's big too, 6'4", 305. So he's definitely trending up. Kobe Jones, you know, I feel like a lot of people want him to succeed. You know, it's a name that's popped up quite a bit. I don't know. Uh, he's kind of, you know, he's played in, I guess, over 75 plays now and accounted for zero pressures. Like, you've got to be able to to get to the quarterback and show that you can do that. Well, with one week left in the preseason, we've got a lot of, a lot of questions. So we should hear this week who is going to be the starting right guard moving forward. If I put my money on it, I'd say Chandler Zavala is your starter. Until Austin comes back, we'll continue to hear questions around the cornerback room, the health of Chuba Hubbard, Dante Jackson, Terrace Marshall. When are these guys going to be back and available? You know, one thing I didn't really talk about, the playbook and the play calling. If you noticed, a lot of our play calling hap- or scoring happened in the second half. If you take a step back, if you're, if you're following the show, you'll know that Thomas Brown, our offensive coordinator, who is not the play caller, called the plays in the second half. He kind of got on a little streak too. I mean, if I'm Frank Wright, let Thomas Brown call the offense in the first half, or at least with the first offense with Bryce Young this week. Just let him. Like, what is there to lose? It's not like he's going to open it up too much. And I, I'm like, what, what are we going to expose that – we talk about this vanilla approach, vanilla, you know, they, we did it to, you know, he did it to himself by calling it vanilla, by saying he's keeping it vanilla. Everybody's going to ask him about it. Talking about Reich. And I don't know, like how vanilla can you keep it? And what are we expecting it to be in the season? Like, are we going to, you know, this is not like a revolution of us running the wildcat offense or some insane double, triple reverse. (laughs) Like, yeah, I get it. There's going to be movement. That's the the philosophy of this offense, West Coast, spacing over the top. I'm like, what let's do something. I I I just worry when you look at our division, you look at the first six games of our schedule, and we are not favored. I know the lines can move, but the first six games, we are not favored. We are not favored until we play the Houston Texans. So that should tell you something. It's weird. It's like be, the, the Panthers. Finished at seven and ten. The Panthers were one win from the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it's a terrible record to make the playoffs, but all those things considered, it's almost like the rest of the league, because we picked one overall from trading up, it's almost like they think we should be that bad. Like we should be as bad as a team that picked number one overall this year, even though I'd say we're uh, like the in the middle of the pack. Trending towards the middle, maybe not the middle just yet, but 20, 22, I don't know. But it's it's just something for you to think about. Now, let me get back on track. Here I am, wandering off here. I want to see the playbook opened up because 
I'm going to tell you what, if Thomas Brown was calling the same vanilla, I said this on, on the line, he made that vanilla playbook look like you were walking into Willy Wonka's chocolate factory and all the machines and crazy things that going on, you know, that's what he made that look like because the offense was in rhythm and moving. I wish, I know that you've got this, this fine balance between health and safety of the player and Bryce Young and protecting him. I don't, my worst fear is we go out here and it takes us a week or two to figure out the rhythm of the team. I was saying that because if you look at the division with the Falcons, the Saints, even the Bucks, Kyle Trask, I'm not saying he's good, but he's had little spurts here where he's looked decent. The Falcons have weapons. And you talk about coming out, playing the Falcons week one, and then turn around and playing the Saints, a Saints team that some people, you know, there's views that they're going to be really good. There's views that are going to be really bad. And I, I think they're going to be a decent team. It's just my, I don't know. I just think they are. So you mix, mix all that together. It gets you concerned. You have to go back and just trust what's here. Like I said, sitting in the middle of this neutral, not too pessimistic, not too optimistic, sitting in the, in, in the neutral field of where I am as a fan and trying to give you as much information as I can, and you can make your choice and decide. Decide how you you know you want this thing to go. I wanted hopefully, you know, we are gonna figure this thing out. And I think we will. So we go into the last game and uh of the preseason now. And so we'll put together or I'll put together my preview at some point this week, maybe be pretty light. Then then we're hitting hitting the groove folks like it is going to be here so i guess what we'll have the preview the game then i'll drop my next recap then i'll may do a bonus episode of just like hey getting ready for the season my final predictions then i think i'm just doing this all in my head we'll have the atlanta falcons like preview coming up so that's all i got folks that is all I got. So it's late on a Sunday night. I wanted to get this out sooner than later, give you some time to digest. If y'all have questions, mailbags, send them my way. I'm happy to talk about whatever on here. All right, y'all. This is Carolina Dad. Y'all have a good one.